Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Merv Hughes Fishing. The podcast. My name, my name <coughs> isn't Merv Hughes. His name isn't Merv Hughes. His but name my name is, is Merv Hello, Hughes. Hello, Mervyn Gregory Hughes. Hello, Kevin Hillier. I don't know his middle uh, name, Jason. Aloysius Kennedy. Yeah, <laughs> when in doubt. Very, very, very. Always go for Aloysius. Now, how you been, Kevin? Haven't seen you for a week. Very well, thank you. Very Noted, well indeed. Noticed anything different? I've lost weight. Uh, you have. You've lost the implement that was holding brace. your shoulder together. I have lost the brace holding my bicep together. But uh, that's another story. Went and saw the specialist today. Recovery's coming very well. Um, he liked the bulge where my bicep is. My muscles back. What about the other bulge? Um, yeah, no, he said I could probably lose that. But uh, that's another story. <laughs> um, one that so one. life's good. I'm I'm back on top of things. Uh, wearing that brace now. So gee, if you followed it and you're interested, two weeks in plaster, eight weeks in a brace. Um, it's been a bit of a nightmare, but I got through. Right, and uh, is it is it a hundred percent? Well, it's slowly, slowly. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's reattached. But the recovery is one hundred percent. Yeah, recovery's yeah. recovery's great. Uh, surgeon was very happy with it. Um, so I've just got to well, move the- from here and move slowly forward. I uh, say so no heavy lifting, no hard work, and I thought that uh, just fits into my schedule beautifully. For the next 30 years. Well, yes. will the chip well it's worked sh- for the last 30. Will, will the Don't chip- go for the chip on the shoulder. Will that regrow back again? Or? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> mate, no chip on my uh, shoulder, mate. Now, listen, we're going to talk about, uh, speaking Safety. of chips, chips, we're going to talk about chips because they're- Fish a, yeah, and chips. And yeah, well, not exactly. Well, oh. sort of. Fish we're going to talk about fish and, and satellite chips. Yes, and uh, yeah. and safety. Yeah, so safety. safety. So a lot of people, um, they go caravanning, they go bushwalking, they go hiking, they go um, detecting for gold. They they're out um, in the wilderness by themselves with no phone reception. So if you're stuck in a sticky situation, can I say that? Yep. Dicey situation. Yep. Um, then. You may well want to listen to this next segment. Segment. And the thing is, not to rely on your phone to be the thing that will yes. because the, the batteries and uh, get in water gets wet. All those sorts of things that could happen and, to the phone. And out of range. Well, that uh, that's the other. Gee whiz! If one. you're if you're off the beaten track, I reckon the guys that get right out there, they'll find that they've got no phone reception. So you need to cover your backside. Yeah. How is phone reception in the bay and all those sorts of areas? Yeah, is not too written, bad. Yeah, it's good. Because yeah, okay. basically you never – if you're in the middle of the bay, you're not far away from anywhere really, yeah. are you? So, yeah. But it's when when you're up in Darwin, for instance, like we were we were Daily River a couple of weeks ago, um, and you get up there and there's no reception. Uh, you get around to Bino Harbour, there's reception in patches, but, but not. So uh, you need to work off the satellite. If you've got a satellite phone, happy days. But this product – if you're a boater, if you're a caravan or even towing yeah. a caravan up Streslecky track or oh, Gibb River Road, perhaps. Um, do you know where Streslecky track is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, where is it? It's just uh, south of the uh, North Streslecky track. <laughs> no idea. Um, I just Streslecky. I, I thought I made. I was going to say I thought I made it up. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, safety device and. Let's let's face facts. If you go, if you're doing a lot by yourself, if you're fishing, you're hunting, um, you might be detecting for for gold or mining or whatever. You're out by yourself. You need to be covered. So oh, if something people, goes wrong. The people who love you need to know yes, as well as much exactly. as anything else. So I talked to Ian Veach from Allsat a little later on in the podcast. Yep. Need a recap from Darwin, boys. Uh, how was how was it? Uh, hot, hot, oh, hot. Really? Oh, thank you. It's damn hot. <laughs> Have a right when, when you're with a woman, but when you're in Darwin fishing, that's all damn good. Damn hot. hot, hot and wet. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kevin, we've been out. It's, yes. it's trout season now. So yes. we've been, we've been uh, to so more. 
We've more, been to more um, recently. Thornton, Taggarty and Eildon during the week. Where? Okay. Taggarty. Thornton and Eildon during the week. Where did you, I thought you said Taggarty. Yeah, well, there two days ago you were here. Where's Taggarty? Just near Eildon. Where? You drive through Taggarty to get to Thornton to get to Eildon. On the uh, north side. Oh, you come the other uh, way. You, you're coming from the city. I'm coming from the bush. Yeah, he's coming the long way. Yeah, okay. so he's, coming, lucky he's coming from South. He's coming from South Sydney, right? Which is packing up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> With a very good restaurant. Um, now, yes. So fisheries have done a, a fantastic thing. They've they've stocked the Goulburn River below the the wall. So through the pondage and at different spots down, as you said, um, through through Thornton down, virtually down to Alexander, um, Alexandra, Alexander, Alexandra, Alexandra. Dra. Dra. Um, yeah, so they've they've stocked down there, and the people fishing, land they were base, land they base were yeah. everyone land based fishing and good trout. We got a good brown and, and dropped the big rainbow. So Craig from the Riverside Caravan Park up at Eildon. Gee, if, if you want to go and stay somewhere for the weekend, okay. probably not the next two weeks because school holidays might be a bit yep. busy. Yep. But when it settles down, heading back up there. There's fish to be caught up there, boy. All right. We'll uh, talk to uh, Ian Veach from Allsat. That's coming up next. This is Merv Hughes Fishing, the podcast. On Merv Hughes Fishing, it is uh, time to talk to Ian Veach from Allsat, who's our special guest uh, for this podcast. Gents, tell us. uh, Before we we introduce Ian, um, well, I suppose not now because you've already introduced him, but Allsat, what's Allsat about? It'd be some sort of satellite and safety gear, I would think, Merv. (laughs) Well, what's he all? It is. Well, we cover all satellite uh, equipment. Thank you, Ian. <laughs> thank you, Ian. You're working me like was, a bloody store dummy. But I, I was asking. I was asking Kevin because when it comes to fishing and all things fishing, he just has a blank look in his face. And I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you jumped in there, Ian. Now, um, yep. Allsat, just tell us a little bit about the company and, and how it came about, please. Look, Allsat Communications. We specialise in satellite communication equipment, including voice data tracking and personal safety. Um, my background was with the Victoria Police and um, I brought a couple of products into the country through the family business and that grew into a full-time job and uh, providing the community and a lot of work uh, locations with personal safety equipment, personal locator beacons and EPIRBs. And I, I, dare, I dare say by the sound of that, um, when you're in the police force, you did a fair bit of searching through some, some scrub for, for people that have been lost bushwalking and that and, and just bought in these um, devices where you can flick it and you go straight to them within, what, about a half a centimetre, isn't it? Well, no, not quite that close, but <laughs> usually within within yes. a few metres it'll get you. But, yeah, certainly I was trying to, with search and rescue, I was trying to work smarter, not harder, and um, now it's made me work harder than anything. Kevin. But certainly it's a lot of uh, safety products. So the Spot Satellite Messenger, I brought that into the country. So people buy it, subscribe to it, and then you can let people know you're okay, need help, or um, request emergency assistance. And Kevin, the probably the best thing about Ian's Ian's factory down there is, you know, the big fella next to us loves gadgets and toys and yep. people going through people's tackle boxes. This shop of all the products, it's just toys everywhere for men, That's boys, boys, toys. He's got, he's got. I, I like. I, well, we use um, the the personal safety EPIRB. Yeah, the Ocean Signal. Ocean yeah, Signal. Yeah, the personal beacon. Yeah, the so we, we use that on the show and uh, just show to people that if you're bushwalking, so we go out um, metal detecting. Obviously, when you're with someone else and you, you've got a cameraman and a bit of a crew there, um, it's a little bit redundant. But if a lot of people go out by themselves and go out fishing by themselves, so what you do, you get this little EPIRB, 
a personal EPIRB, you register it, okay, you let people know what's going on. If you're in a life-threatening situation, you set it off and they know exactly where you are. In comes the cavalry, yeah. You used it in Safeway the other yep. day, didn't you? Um, <laughs> no. The other, the other thing about that, if you let it off and you're not in a life, like if you just say, oh, I've had a few beers, perhaps, and <laughs> gee, I wonder how quick the response will be. <laughs> yeah. It will be quick and expensive. Yes. So, so it, it should it, be. It's a, it's a safety product, so we do use it for safety. We don't use it to test the resources of, of all set. And um, Ian, yeah. Ian, probably one of the best in, best little toys you got there, and they want to call it a toy, is that spot. And that's the one that young young Tommy's been wearing on that TV show, The Weekend Prospector. And that's the yes. same thing for 200 bucks, big fella. It's just a personal beacon. Once again, you can send an um, email back to home saying, look, I'm okay, non-life-threatening, or you can hit the, um, the red button saying, please come and get me broken leg or broken down in the bush. Yeah, but if you can see the stars or, or can see satellites, it's not based on the, um, the antenna, it's based on pure satellite control. Yes, yeah, so that's another great So what happens if it's a cloudy night? Yeah, very good. No, it'll still work. <laughs> oh, he, he, just said, he just said if he can see the stars. Now, if, no. if it's a cloudy night, you can't see the stars. So if you no, can see the sky... As long as you're outdoor with a clear view of the sky, it'll work. But yeah. Yeah, certainly the spot's good. Uh, you do have to pay a subscription cost. It's like a mobile phone. Yep. But it, it, um, it's like anything. You have to pay for it. But you can send a message to say you're okay. It's good for blokes that are overdue um, and they want to let their uh, girlfriends or wives know that they're running a little bit late. It's easier <laughs> than actually calling them. They press a button. They know they're okay. Uh, and, so, um, so do they work can, in the pub, do they, Ian? They do. If you get <laughs> Uh, then also you've got to help if you're just broken down or bogged. Um, certainly good to not annoy the emergency services. Uh, but you still have the SOS button and your live track, so you can be walking through the bush and you can have people follow your journey. And in the event you fell over and hit your head, at least people can find you. Yeah, but yeah, otherwise, a personal locator beacon is purely a distress device. And like like, a little and, and Ian, these we things are seen. ideal for the uh, for the grey nomads. Myself and Merv have been up to the Kimberley, and there's no reception up there whatsoever. So if you've got the the caravan in tow and you're sort of going along that Gib, Gib River Road, if you break down, this is a great a great um, invention for anyone who's sort of going off the off the track, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where it sort of comes into its own is that you do you're out there in the middle of nowhere. You don't need phone coverage because you're using the satellite network above your head, and um, you've still got some form of communication in the event of a breakdown or an emergency. The other thing that I like too is that you gave us one to play with is virtually the electronic flare. Now yes. you want to see this? It's brighter than any disco light you've ever seen, Kevin. Now Kevin used <laughs> to be a disco <laughs> disco king in the seventies, um, and th- this thing is just amazing, isn't it? Is that if you get into trouble, instead of setting a flare up, you can. You can sort of press this button, and it's just a, a real aggressive, flashing, bright red light. Okay. Um, so yeah. uh, are you still sort of pushing to get those um, in instead of the flares because flares can, can let you down, can't they? Look, they can. And look, these are the world's brightest electronic distress flare, and uh, they're visible about seven miles from on uh, the water, about 50 from the air. But certainly it's the world's brightest. Now, it's not only us sort of encouraging people to – or the authorities to change it. It's the actual authorities themselves wanting to change it. Pyrotechnic flares are outdated, dangerous, very, uh, you know, and especially in the bush. If you let off a flare, you might become a big flare in a bushfire. <laughs> yes. yeah. Or in a boat, you know, you fuel around you. And these are just like a torch. So uh, even kids can operate them, but you'll still get a lot more response operating for at least six hours. So compared to sort of 60 seconds for a flare. 
and they don't expire and become dangerous like your flares in your boat do. So, and have we now got to the point where we can't get lost? Is it possible that you that you can be found wherever you are? Is that is that what uh, what you're obviously trying to get to to a point with? Look, it's certainly the products. If you want to be found, you can be found. But certainly, you can turn them all off and not be found if you want. But it's certainly making your venture into the outdoors or on the water a lot safer, knowing that in the event of an emergency, or uh, you just want to let people know where you are because. Um, you've, you've certainly got communications. You're not limited, limited by phone coverage these days. So, Ian, what, um, when you jump in your caravan with your family, what do you actually make? What's the number one essential product that you take with you and your family? Uh, beer is the first essential. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah, silly, silly question. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, shaking my head, thinking that's obvious. <laughs> yep. But after that, look, I, t- I, t- I do take the spot satellite messenger. The reason being, if I've got the family, and as you said about the Give River Road, if you're travelling, you break down on the side of the road. A person like Cater Beacon's great, but it's a, it's designed for grave and imminent danger. So if you set that off, you're going to get the emergency services rushing there when it's just a broken down, run out of fuel or something simple. So spot's good. Also, um, my parents are elderly, plus my kids' school, when we did our trip around Australia, they were all following us and seeing our journey. So the spot's a very good product that you can let family or friends know where you are, you're okay at the end of each day, and you've got that sort of that um, emergency response and then less than emergency being if you're broken down. But then also both of them, the personal locator beacon and the spot, very portable and small. So when we get out, um, I was actually attaching it to my son who was seven when we did our trip. So if he ran off into the bush, at least we could find him. So, But take him with you, you know, because you know, you're not always with your car. Are they expensive, Ian? Look, the recommended retail for a spot, $239. You do have to pay a subscription, which is 220 US per annum. Um, we're finding that with the spot, 50% of our sales are for lone and remote workers. That's a huge market. And then the personal locator beacons, the Rescue Me PLB1, recommended retail about 399 for that. But there's no ongoing cost with that. Which you know, is purely distress. Which is not too bad, Kevin, but when, when you think about no, it, if, if you go to Bali or you overseas, you always get travel insurance for a couple of hundred bucks for 10 days. Yep. This might be for a six-month trip around Australia. Why not sort of invest $239 to take take care of yourself as yeah, well? Now, um, with the spot, Ian, is it also waterproof? Now, both the spot or the, the spot is waterproof to one metre for 30 minutes, so it's all sealed up and it runs on four AAA lithium batteries. The personal locator beacon, the Rescue Me PLB1, waterproof to 15 metres. So it's... Um, yeah, certainly both of them are good for a marine environment as well. More importantly, Ian, are they MERV-proof? <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Well, I've, um, I've had one for 12 months. I haven't set it off well, yet. Well, he has had one. and uh, carry it yeah, all the time. I haven't seen it come back from him, so, yeah, it should be all right. Thank you very much. They're very simple to use. Though. Like once you once it's, once it's been explained, there's a red button on it, which is a go button, and yep. that's covered. So you have to yep. undo that. Lift a, an aerial up and press a button. So yep. it's not as though you can set it off by mistake. Yep. And that's, no, that's no, what so they're made for, isn't it? So if you set yeah. it off, you've meant to set it off. If you're not in grave danger, you are going to be in a lot of trouble. Look, you can be in a lot of trouble. There's, um, yes, so certainly if you let it off as a malicious way, the emergency services yeah. aren't going to be too heavy. But um, if you set it off and it wasn't an emergency but it was a sort of a breakdown or something like that, you're going to get the emergency services a bit grumpy. 
but uh, there won't be any financial cost to you for that. It's only the malicious ones. So, Ian, so Ian, when you were in the force, what were some of the, the crazy call-outs that you got where you think, Yo, you're just bloody kidding me? What did what, you, you call us? Look, quite often it was we found four-wheel drivers that pulled the beeperb out of their boat and then they'd uh, run out of fuel or just have an accident and then they'd be, you know, everyone's flying helicopters and getting emergency right. services, including volunteers who aren't getting paid for it, calling them out, and then you find them sitting beside the road drinking beer and going, oh, sorry, <laughs> you know, simple things like that or minor injuries that, you know, just pulled a heart muscle and, you know, decided not to keep walking and things like that. Yeah, so you're not you're not lost, and and again, um, for the, for you to set that personal beacon off, you've got to yep. be in grave danger. You've got to be in a life threatening situation. It's not as though I've fallen over, I've rolled my ankle. Yes, I can walk out, but I couldn't be bothered. Yeah. So think, and like when you're out yeah. in the boat, um, if if you're sinking, like there's there's plenty of options. But if you've got options, take those options. Yep. So if you've got a mobile yeah. phone, probably use that and contact well, someone. If you've got, yeah, if you've got no option. Yeah, that's that's a key yes. to it, isn't it? It is, and certainly in a boat, more than two nautical mile offshore, you do need to have an EPIRB, and uh, we've got the Rescue Me EPIRB 1, which is the world's smallest EPIRB, so that covers you for your boat more than two nautical mile. The PLB 1 is a great product if you're going sea kayaking or out there by yourself, but certainly Spot will um, locate you as well and give you that messaging ability, but it doesn't replace your EPIRB, either of the other products. Ian, where can uh, someone go and have a look at uh, the range that uh, that is available and uh, and what uh, what might work for you and what you might not need to go to, you know, that level? Where Where's the best place to have a look? Our website, allsat.com.au, A-L-L-S-A-T.com.au. That's a good point to uh, first go to. We also sell through a lot of outdoor marine stores, including Whitworth's, Paddy Palin's um, and the like. So any of the smaller retailers and some of the bigger ones too. Now, Ian, well, just before you go... Just yeah. before you go, I've played golf with Kevin Hillier, uh, the, the host yeah. of this show here. Uh-oh. Now, would these sort of <laughs> – can he clip, clip one to his belt when he goes and plays golf? Because he goes to some outrageous areas on a golf course. Yes, that's true. He walks, he walks into the scrub, yeah. and I think to myself, we may never see him again. Well, that's it. You might not want to see him again, yeah, well, so at least you'll point. know where not to look for him. <laughs> so. Ian, are you developing one for the golf ball, though? <laughs> no. More importantly. Look, that's it. It's uh, no, just get another – just buy more golf balls. Yeah. Well, the big the big thing is we are making light of this, but it is an important and a, oh, an essential piece of yep. equipment. If you if you're touring, if you do a lot by yourself, and if you go way off the grid, and especially if you're by yourself, um, these yep. things can help you yeah, and help you must, a lot. Must have. All right, that's, that's fantastic. Know, it? Yeah, it is good to know. Ian, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much for joining us on Merv Hughes Fishing. No worries. Well, thank you, and you have a great day. Thanks, Cheers, Ian. Thank you. There you go, that was uh, Ian Veach from AllSat and uh, that uh, website, if you want to check it out, it's allsat.com.au. Now, you asked Ian about golf balls there. Did yes. I tell you about this amazing <laughs> golf ball I've got? You can't lose it. Seriously, can't lose it. You hit it, if it's in long grass, you whistle, beep, 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 beep. Okay, oh, it goes into water. Nice. Beep, 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 beep. Can't lose it. How'd you get it? I found it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my.
my God. Thank you. Boom, boom. You got excited there, didn't you? Yeah, well, people waving that one in like a jumbo jet. You got excited. Can you get balls like that? Seriously, I've played golf with you, and you go to some uncharted areas, don't you? Oh, you're right next to me. Does he spend more time in the trees than Tarzan? Is it my ball we're looking for? Yeah, most times. Well, actually, because you don't hit them that far. Not quite as far. Normally, if you find yours, I don't mind 30 yards this side of it. Although I played golf with, I know you want to get serious, but I played golf with JK. He's worse than you. Is that possible? Worse than Bisbee. Oh, wow. I only hit two balls, Kevin. Well, you know, with a rake. Now, Darwin, Darwin, Darwin. Yes. Darwin. Now, what a trip. We spent a couple of days yeah. with Greg Island. On Sea Change. On Sea Change. It was a liverboard boat. We yep. went down to Bino. Bino, Bino Harbour. Um, so we went down to Turnbull Bay, which is in Bino Harbour. And Bino Harbour is one of the biggest and probably least known harbours in Australia. Okay. I've never heard of Massive. it. Massive. <laughs> so southwest of Darwin. Okay. So out of Darwin, head towards Perth. So did you catch a lot of fish? Caught a lot of fish. A lot of small barramundi. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, it's interesting. We got there. And, and we thought we we're going to slay it, as you do. Um, so with high expectations comes a bit of disappointment. <laughs> um, we got we got a, a lot of barra around the sort of 40, 45 mark. So just um, flicking in the shallows. Uh, Jason Rogers, who we've spoken to on the... Uh, on this show yep. a couple of weeks ago, he got a 70 centimetre. Uh, Dylan, who is, well, I'm calling him the skipper yep. of the boat because Greg's the admiral, isn't he? So um, Dylan, who works with Greg, came out, uh, does a lot of fishing. He, he pulled up about a 70, maybe 75 centimetre, and, and that saved us really, um, got fish of size. And then we went out on the reefs. On the way back, we just um, fished the reefs on the way back and gee, caught. If you want to go and have a variety of fish, Darwin, sit okay. on the reef up there. We got Tusker, so bluebone, um, got coral trout, we got jewfish, yeah. we got golden snapper. Um, it's a great we, day. We got stripies, oh, so Spanish flag. Uh, we're hoping for a Spanish mackerel, which are big fish. Uh, didn't quite get one of those. But yeah, it was fantastic fishing. And every time you, you pulled a line up, it was what have I got on here? Is this the peak of their fishing season or no. not? No, towards, towards, as it warms up. As it warms up um, and the water gets warmer, yep. that's when the fish get more okay. active. Yep. But the peak of it is during the runoff because, uh, especially the barramundi, are swimming up into the fresh water to to shake. Mate, yeah, okay. Is that a is that a technical David Attenborough type term? Is no, it? that's a seabird. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, found on a, a rock. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the one. But um, the the barramundi don't do it on rock; they do it in water. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole new story. But yeah, the best time to fish is the runoff, and we can also talk about the million dollar fish that the the NT government have got in place. Is that if you're a half keen fisherman, mm-hmm. if you go up between um, October and March. Mm-hmm. Um, fish in those months because they're they're not tourist friendly months up there. They've got a million dollar fish because it's too so hot. Yeah. You could and it's great fishing up there. Yep. The hotter it is, the better. If you go up there, you catch a, a tagged fish, you register it. It could be a million dollar fish, oh, wow. or it could be one of one hundred ten thousand dollar fish. Okay. So they've got. I'd be happy with either of those. And and you the don't big one, you know, until you phone the number no, up and quote. Yeah. Oh, okay. Quote, it's, it's, yeah. It could be the million dollar fish. Yeah. So you, you get a know. get a, a tag. And you have a look at that, a phone number with a tag number, you ring that in, 
Could be a $10,000 fish. Could be. Now, what the NT government has done, because no million-dollar fish has gone off in the last four years, they've activated those four fish. So there's actually five $1 million fish to be caught in Darwin. So if you're doing nothing for the next couple of months, plan a trip up to the Northern Territory. Can you take uh, the, uh, you know, we not the landmines, you know the mine, <laughs> the, 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 what do you call metal it? Metal detectors. Yeah, the metal detectors. Can you take one of them and put it over the water and find out which fish has got a it's tag a, on it? It's a plastic, plastic tag. Oh, bugger. <laughs> well, they've got to swim around half a beer can. But interesting fact, Yeah, interesting fact. If you put a metal tag into a fish, it will probably rust. Yeah. What the fish would. <laughs> <laughs> interesting fact, though, in, in Darwin, Kev, isn't that like a hook? <laughs> in, in, well, they, uh, do, they do dissolve after time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. The, Jason's got something to say. Oh, okay, then we'll <laughs> finish off. I, I, I found it very interesting. We're on the boat having a couple of beers, because it is hot. It's 35 degrees, having a couple of beers. And I said to the skipper, by the way, it was a, a volunteer skip. It wasn't like a charter, because it was a proper vessel. I said, what's the, what's the actual, uh, is it 05 here? Is it 08, like it used to be? He said, no. He said, it's, it's open slather. So you can go to Darwin or the NT, Drink as much beer as you want in the boat, and you can still Is drive right? the vessel. Yeah, not not that we encourage that. No, no, no because what, what you've got to do, fact. what you've got to do then is put said boat onto a trailer and drive your car home, mm-hmm. which yeah, is point yeah. oh five. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to be careful. So it's there. the last frontier up. And there. and I tell you what, you really don't want to get absolutely hammered on a boat and fall into the water up there because you may not get back into the boat. That'll be the starting boots, story for the next episode. Boots, wallets. And belts. Okay. But if I fell off the boat, Merv, in, into the water, would, it, would a crocodile eat me, um, eat me whole? No, he'd probably spit that bit out. Yeah, I would have thought so too. <laughs> and on that note, that is the end of another edition of Merv Hughes Fishing. Till the next time. <laughs>